0: Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 11 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside today's video, we're going to be going through every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way until Monday night football, and I'll be telling you guys whether I believe you should start or sit the tight ends in all of those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make Make sure to hit that subscribe button down below, and while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week 11 tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens, and in my opinion, this game is incredibly easy to break down at the tight end position. For the Cincinnati Bengals, we are going to be sitting down Irv Smith. Now, last week, despite the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals were without... T. Higgins up against the Houston Texans, Irv Smith only saw one target in that game. Now, T. Higgins is going to be out yet again this week, but even so, I just won't start Irv Smith because it would almost seem like a pipe dream for him to get four, five, six, seven targets to really be able to put up a reliable game. Now, there is still a chance that he falls ass backwards into the end zone and finishes as like the tight end number. 20 or tight end 18 but at the end of the day I just don't want to chance that I really think at maximum he's going to get like three targets in this game and up against the Baltimore Ravens defense to me there is a clear reason to stay away for Mark Andrews he is a must start every single week with the Ravens being a very run heavy offense inside of the red zone though it has started to make me feel a little bit concerned about Mark Andrews as it has really been a blow to his production now Andrews is still a must start tight end like I said every single week and I won't even think twice about saying that but maybe those huge boom 25 plus point games are less likely now that his scoring opportunities have been almost in a way stripped away especially since in the past Mark Andrews was dominant inside of the red zone he should still see six plus targets for 50 plus yards but it is very frustrating. Obviously, if you're Ravens fan, it's like, yippee, hip, hip, hooray, right? Once you get in the red zone, you know, you're scoring a touchdown with Gus Buzz, Justice Hell, or Keaton Mitchell in this rushing attack, or maybe even Lamar sneaks one in there. But it has been very frustrating for Lamar Jackson owners because he hasn't been sneaking them in, as well as for Mark Andrews owners because the red zone targets are now just kind of evaporated. Now, again, I still heavily believe in Mark Andrews, and maybe this week a switch flips and he has that huge game, he scores that touchdown. It's certainly in the realm of possibilities. But it is getting a little bit frustrating. Moving now to the Sunday slate, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns will be without Deshaun Watson. Dorian Thompson-Robinson DTR will start on Sunday following the Browns, learning that Watson has a smorgasbord of injuries and will be out for the season. So now we enter into a situation to where Ninjoku has been playing quite well and at a consistent place over the last couple of weeks once Watson got healthy. Now, he has to fall down the rankings. DTR is a humongous step down from Watson. Hey, you can say whatever the fuck you want about Deshaun Watson, but at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, David Njoku was in a significantly better place with Watson compared to DTR or PJ Walker. Now, I actually think DTR is the worst case scenario for David Njoku because at least PJ Walker is somewhat accurate with throwing the football. DTR is not a good... Good... but you have to hope that he locks on laser eye style to try to throw the ball to Ninjoku a million times if you have to start him, so he's kind of a fringe start. The upside's there because of how skilled the chief Ninjoku is, but we all know deep down that without Watson and without PJ Walker, Ninjoku might be on the struggle bus. Pat Fryermuth is expected to return this week from his hamstring injury that made him miss five straight games, and he also had a bye week in between those the matchup here isn't really great against the Browns and Pickett hasn't really grown much since the start of the season when Friar was playing now Friar did luck box into a couple of touchdowns in his couple of games they played at the start of the season so it is possible that happens again this game but with Kenny Pickett only throwing like one touchdown every game he's only had one game where he threw more than one touchdown it just doesn't feel like a scenario against the Browns defense where you want to just dive headfirst into Fryermuth coming off the injury next up we got the Chicago Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions this is another very interesting game here at tight end or probably the first very interesting game at the tight end position if we're being honest with you we got Cole Komet and Sam Laporta now Komet has been balling in three straight weeks with Tyson Baygent under center now they're switching back to Justin Fields and we'll see how much of an impact that should make. Now, obviously, Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Tyson Bagent, and I think that means that we will have more upside for Komet but the floor might be a little bit lower, considering Baygent has just been force-feeding the rock down the throat of Komet in three straight games. In all three of those games, he has had seven or more targets. Now, the Lions' defense is looking a little bit softer as of recently, so Komet should still finish as a top-12 tight end, but to me, it does really feel like his floor seems a little bit lower as of right now with Fields, compared to with Baygent, which might sound absolutely insane coming out of my mouth pause, but when you actually look at the stats, when you put things under a microscope here, you can see that that really is going to be the case. Now, Sam Laporta had his first semi-down game in weeks last week in LA up against the Superchargers, having four receptions on five targets for 40 yards. Now, for some tight ends, that's a red panty night, right? 40 yards, four receptions, holy fuck, you know? But for Laporta and what we've come accustomed to him in his rookie season, that really wasn't all that great. But with that said, there's really no reason to worry. This week against the Bears, you roll him out with a very high level of confidence, definitely a lot more confident in Laporta compared to Cole Komet. Next up, we got the LA Superchargers we just mentioned going up against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Now, both of these tight ends, Gerald Everett and Luke Musgrave are listed as starts, but they're both in the fringe start category where hey, maybe you got some players on by or maybe your tight end position You're cycling from tight end to tight end every single week, and you're kind of just in tight end hell So you got to play one of these guys, you know I feel you on that I have teams that are like that as well now Everett without Mike Williams and Josh Palmer Realistically should be seeing more targets now the question is will that actually happen on a consistent basis because he only saw two targets in back-to-back games He is the definition of a fringe start who I am fine chasing the upside with because he's on the Chargers offense because this could be a higher scoring game. Herbert could lay his nuts down on the face of the Green Bay Packers. But just because that happens and just because we see that Everett has, or not that Everett, that Herbert has this good game, the Chargers offense is kind of humming, doesn't necessarily mean that Everett is going to be a great fantasy option at tight end. Luke Musgrave is another fringe start type of tight end. I say this weekly, but he's a guy that jumps off the screen, jumps off the page in terms of advanced analytics. He is doing a lot of things correct on the field, but has never really shown up at a consistent basis repeatedly in what actually matters for fantasy, which is the stat sheet. He has had back-to-back 50-plus-yard performances. The matchup here is good against the Chargers, but I would be lying, telling you I'm uber-confident in Musgrave because the play of Jordan Love has fallen off the edge of the fucking earth, Christopher Columbus style, as of recently, right? Coming out the gate of the season, we've talked about this a lot. Jordan Love Me Tender, Love Me Sweet, was going haywire, and recently... He's been in the garbage. Next up, we move to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Miami Dolphins. And I just realized my hoodie looks like some fucking foreskin right now. So you just absolutely love to see it. Raiders at Dolphins here. Michael Mayer scored a touchdown against the Jumbo Jets on Sunday Night Football. Mayer is a quintessential another guy. That's just a fringe start. If Aiden O'Connell plays decent or Myers finds pay dirt, finds the end zone in garbage time, you'll be happy. If he doesn't... You'll probably be pretty disappointed. Regardless, though, the tight end position is so fucking bad in fantasy that Mayer just kind of has to be considered as a start. Durham Smythe is a solid ball blocker. Blocker? A solid blocker for the Dolphins, but if he got more than three targets. I would be perplexed if I'm being honest with you. So that kind of makes him a clear sit regardless of the matchup. Next up, we move to game six, the New York football Giants at the Washington Commanders. Now for the Giants without Darren Waller, Bellinger takes over as the tight end one and he is actually not that half bad of a player. He showed off last year some flashes. So I wouldn't say that he's like some garbage can out there, but with the Italian stallion, Danny DeVito DeVito, under center, that his name? Isn't his name Tommy DeVito? His name's Tommy DeVito. I wrote down Danny DeVito on my notes, but with Tommy DeVito under center, you would be on crack to start any Giants besides Saquon Barkley. So Daniel Bellinger, he's kind of a clear sit with the quarterback situation there. If the quarterback situation was a little bit better against the commanders, then you could definitely argue for Bellinger based upon his pedigree. So Logan Thomas, has been one of the most reliable tight ends so far this season for fantasy when he's been healthy. He's typically not a guy that's going to go crazy, go nuclear, drop 20 plus points, but he is a reliable top 12 tight end pretty much every single week is like the tight end 8 through 12. On paper, the Giants defense has been fine against the tight end position, but I don't think that will really affect Logan Thomas too much. For most fantasy squads, he's a guy that you will want in your starting lineup. Next up, we move to a matchup between between the Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers. Now, Hayden Hurst is a guy that started off the season on fire. He was shot out of a cannon. The man was looking like Travis Kelsey. And ever since then, he has yet to crack the top 20 at the tight end position. Plus, with how Bryce Young has been playing, and with so few targets going the way of Hayden Hurst, to me, he's a clear sit. Also, Hurst is in the concussion protocol, so he may not even play. If he doesn't play, Tommy, make that ass tremble, will be the tight end one on the team. So Hurst is a sit. Jake Ferguson, Fergalicious, has been a top 12 tight end in three straight games. And in each of those games, he has scored at least one touchdown. Dak is playing out of his mind right now. And if he continues to play like this with how, to me, it's not very clear at all who the MVP of the NFL is going to be this year, it could end up being Dak. Now, obviously, is he, like, some favorite? Fuck no, baby! But if he keeps playing this way for the rest of the season, then there's an argument that could be made there. Again, is he going to win it? Probably not. But I think you could technically argue for it if he keeps playing. This way, And the way he's been playing super well, very nice, I like, has really helped out Ferguson. This is a great matchup this week, so I expect at a minimum a top 10 game from Ferguson with clear upside to being a top 5 tight end, assuming the Cowboys smack the ever-living shit out of the Carolina Panthers. Next up, we got the Leit Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below if you're new, and whether you are new to the channel or not, Make sure you leave a like on today's video, it would help me out a ton. So, Evan Ingram, last week, this Jaguars offense looked like they were in need of a jump start. They didn't even come out the gate looking good, right? It was just, it wasn't like one of those performances where, you know, you can't get it up, but, you know, it was like a semi popping up, you know, and then you just lose it. I don't know, you couldn't figure things out, you are too stressed out to get a hard on. This was one of those where it's like... nothing's happening. There is no movement. It's straight up fucking noodle downstairs. And that's what happened for the Jags, Ingram included. It was a really bad performance from the whole Jaguars. They got absolutely shellacked, smacked around by the 49ers. And this was his first down game since week five in London up against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I wouldn't panic since the Bills matchup is a wet dream for Ingram and the rest of this Jaguars offense, And even with the trials and tribulations of Trevor Lawrence this season, Ingram as well as Travis Etienne have kind of just been like these safety nets this metaphorical condom that you wrap over your team like he's really been very reliable as a top eight option almost every single game so even with the woes of this team the woes of Trevor Lawrence I'm gonna keep riding with Evan Ingram Chig Okonkwo is a sit now Chig has only been a top 18 tight end once this season and that was back in week five which feels like a decade ago at this point up against the Colts in Indy I like Chig the player but with Levis's so-so play and honestly so-so might even be a nice way of putting things there is no reason to even take that chance even if i think the matchup is fine for the tight end position next up we move to the arizona cardinals at the houston texans but before we break this game down at the tight end position i would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at underdog fantasy Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, but first I want to explain how Underdog's Pick'em game works. Now, I am recording today's video after Monday Night Football. It's early Tuesday morning, it's like 1am, so not all of the Pick'em picks work are out yet but for right now we got the Bengals versus the ravens in baltimore on thursday night football for this game we're gonna have to go ahead and pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams so we're gonna go with one player from the Bengals, one from the ravens we're gonna go with joe burrow higher than half an interception and we're gonna go with lamar jackson higher than half an interception i think the defenses are going to get at least one pick each in this game and i think that is how this game is gonna play out it's gonna be a close gritty game between two AFC North rivalry teams. So if both of those picks hit, if Joe Burrow and Lamar both throw an interception, then we will get three times our entry fee. If you do three picks, it is six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you're new to underdog fantasy and live in one of these states on your screen right now, if you use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description, you will receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they give an additional 100 dollars 50 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on our dog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER back on into things here the Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans now this is a kind of monstrous King Kong versus Godzilla tight end matchup which if you told me at the beginning of the season that I would say those fondly of words, those kind of words about McBride and Schultz. Well, Schultz, I I love Schultz in the offseason, but McBride, I would have told you you were crazy. So Trey McBride with Kyler back, the upside of McBride appears to be very real. Last week, this motherfucker is not real. Last week against the Atlanta Falcons, he had eight receptions on nine targets for 131 yards. The return of Kyler should also make McBride not only a higher upside option but also a safer option weekly now we all know the tight end position is very finicky and no one is truly safe right even kelsey had a bad game against the dolphins but i hope you understand what i mean right he becomes a lot safer with with kyler under center compared to with clayton looney tunes he to me is now entered the must start category at the tight end position and the matchup is very solid for him to have maybe even the tight end one game for the week now Dalton Schultz just like with McBride has officially moved to me to the must start tight end position five of six of his last performances he has been a top eight tight end this week he faces a laughably bad Cardinals defense that Might also be a Texans team that could be without Nico Collins. Now, Nico Collins did practice today, so I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be out. But when you practice on Wednesday, it also doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to be in either. As someone who liked Schultz in the fantasy offseason and liked the upside of the rookie tight or the rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, feeding the veteran tight end, Dalton Schultz, it has really came to fruition. Now, to start off the season, I was starting to tremble. I was starting to get a little bit nervous, cower a little bit like, oh, maybe Nick was really wrong on Schultz because for the first like three weeks of the season, this guy was straight dick cheese. Straight up terrible, a two-pack of ass. But recently... He's been looking very nice, shout out Borat, and it's making me feel like Albert Einstein out here. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, George Kittle is a must-start tight end every single week, regardless of the matchup, but recently, things have been going incredibly well for George Kittle, as over the last three games, he has been an incredibly consistent option. Top eight tight end in three straight weeks, which is something that has really not been the case for George Kittle his whole career. He has been basically known as a very boomer bust tight end, and the boom was always like the fucking big bang, right? It was like the Oppenheimer nuclear bomb boom, a huge boom, right? Tight end three, tight end two, tight end one, 30 points on your head top, right? But The bust games were a straight-up Bukake onto your fantasy team, where he gets, like, three fucking fantasy points. And that hasn't been the case over the last couple of weeks. Last week in Jacksonville, he had three receptions on four targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. Again, this was a straight-up clowning of the Jaguars' defense. Brock Purdy was out there like Oprah Winfrey. You get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you all get a touchdown, aside from Christian McCaffrey. Everyone else was scoring. Now... I know that he is still a boomer bus player, and he's probably not going to be able to shake that narrative off of him. Shout out Taylor Swift. But with the consistency recently, and with the insane upside that this man possesses in the 49ers offense, especially with Brock Purdy looking as back as he does, you have to start Kittle every single week. Now, Otten's another one of those guys that you can kind of throw into the fringe start category. Now, Otten did not do very much in a pretty dominating affair by the Bucks up against the Tennessee Titans. He had just two receptions on three targets for 10. 10- Yards Now, against the 49ers defense, I definitely don't expect much with how fragile the tight end position is, though, like we've talked about throughout today's video, Otten becomes a fringe start worthy option. Now, the upside is there. Assuming he gets his normal five targets, he should be just fine. But the upside against a defense like the 49ers to me isn't really the highest. Next up, we got the New York Jumbo Jets at the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Now, Dalton Kincaid, even with the Bills sinking like the fucking Titanic, getting left off the board like Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie, Kincaid has continued to ball out. Four straight games is a top eight tight end. Now... Against the Jets, I don't think he's a lock to be a top eight tight end, especially with how Josh Allen has looked. Now, I know they get rid of Ken Dorsey, and magically, that's supposed to fix everything. It's probably not going to. Sean McDermott's head's probably going to roll soon, Ned Stark style. But hey, I still like Kincaid, even with Josh Allen being pretty shit. He's a must-start tight end to me. He's in that category. But... I would be lying to you, straight up lying to you, if I said I wasn't at least a little bit nervous this week. I've got him on one of my teams, and you know, I'm quivering a little bit thinking about it. A little bit nervous. So Tyler Conklin has had six or more targets with over 60 yards in back-to-back games. The Bills' defense is pretty bad against the tight end, so I will roll, roll Mr. Conklin out there like his name was Stephen Hawken. He is a fringe start, though, due to the play of... Zach Wilson. Now, if you took Zach Wilson out of there, the, cr- the claw, you know, like in Toy Story, you pick him up, you throw him somewhere else, you know, and they got a different quarterback. And yeah, things would be fine. But Zach Wilson is straight up ass cheeks. Shout out Mia Malkova. Now, we should be able to see Wilson be somewhat accurate to Conklin because he hasn't. I don't think Conklin's dropped a pass or had a bad target. Over, I think he's had six and seven targets, six, seven receptions at back to back week. So that's great. It's all fine and dandy. But again, relying on Zach Wilson is like, like, you know, fucking a prostitute not using a condom and thinking, hey... I'm not going to get some crazy disease, you know, I'm going to pee normally tomorrow. Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams. Noah Fant, I say this every single week, so I probably sound like a broken record to a lot of you guys. If you are new to the channel, you haven't heard this spiel already. Hit that subscribe button down below. Smash it like it owes you some money and hit that like button as well. It really helps me out a ton. So the Seahawks use too many tight ends to start Fant. He is a very talented player, but with all the competition around him, you match the lot of tight end usage with the fact, that they have Metcalf, JSN, and Lockett, there's no reason to start Fant. Tyler Higbee, even with Stafford back, it feels like ever since Cup has returned, the target share, the target pie of Higbee has been taken away. It's fallen off the edge of the earth. Higbee is a talented player, but with a bad track record this season with Cup healthy, I would stay away from Higbee. So this game, again, doesn't take a rocket scientist. You don't need to be Joshua Dobbs to figure out which tight ends you want to be starting and sitting in this one. Next up, we got Sunday Night Football. Speaking of Joshua Dobbs, I know I fit that in so well. Pause. Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos on because you're waiting all day for Sunday night. EJ Hawkinson and Adam Troutman. Now... There was a lot of people getting onto my ass saying, Nick, you stupid fucker. Last week on the live stream on Sunday, which you guys should check out if you don't watch it already, you said that TJ Hawkinson was going to be limited. There were reports about Hawkinson being limited. You said, oh my God, he was only going to be used on crucial downs. That was wrong. Now, the report was allegedly real. It wasn't like I got fucking Barry McCockenered. It wasn't like I got ball sack sports. You know, it was a real source from a real reporter. And it just wasn't the case because unless the Vikings, their coach, thinks that every down is a crucial down because he played every single fucking play. 11 receptions on 15 targets for 134 yards and a touchdown against New Orleans. He went haywire. He went ballistic. I got absolutely led astray. I was run amuck like that Stephen A. Smith clip by that news. But hey. This week against the Denver Broncos, you should be expecting greatness. And man, oh man, does Joshua Dobbs look great? Adam Troutman is the tight end one on the Broncos. This is about all you need to know. He will probably get a few targets, but that's about it for the Fish Man. Final game here, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Donna Kelsey Bowl on Monday Night Football. Over under, if you're still watching this video, which I know not a lot of people are still watching at this point. We're like balls deep into the video. Leave down below. How many times, I'm probably going to ask this in another video later in the week. How many times on Monday Night Football do you think they show Donna Kelsey? How many times? Over, under, we'll go four and a half. Do you think it'll be over four and a half, which would be five or more? Or under four and a half, which would be four or less? Let me know in the comments section. How many times do you think we're to see her? I'm going to go over on that number. Travis Kelsey prior to the bye week in Germany. Guten Tag. Kelsey got locked up like that Akon song by the Dolphins defense. Three receptions on four targets for just 14 yards. I don't think the Eagles will be able to stop him. They didn't stop him in the Super Bowl. So he is very obviously a must start every single week and is currently ranked for this week as my tight end number one. And he is my tight end number one for the rest of the season, which would be a shock to absolutely nobody. Now, for the Eagles, Jack Stoll should be the starting tight end. Now, I've been scouring through the internet, type, 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 you know, everywhere, looking for some Goddard news, and I haven't really seen much. Now, the early reports were that he fractured his forearm in week nine, and that he will definitely miss some time and could potentially even be put on the IR. This puts Stoll in the driver's seat as the tight end one. Now, Stoll isn't terrible, like he's not some fucking waste of space by any means, but no one should be getting super cute and trying to start him this week up against the Chiefs defense. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you'd like access to my weekly rankings, that should be posted tomorrow or maybe later tonight and updated throughout the week all the way up until Sunday or if you want any of your questions guaranteed to be answered make sure you guys check out the Patreon link for $7.50 a month in the video description I love you guys all so much again I really do appreciate you guys check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already love you guys love you long time have a great one and as always good boy